Hi, my name is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast of the New Testament. I'll be using as the text the King James Version, along with the Joseph Smith Translation. Although this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort's been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. I'll also be using quotes from general authorities of the Church, the Apostles and Prophets, and BYU professors and others, and uh, every word out of the Scriptures themselves. So if you're ready for a really detailed analysis of the New Testament, you've come to the right place. Welcome. Hello there. Welcome back. This is going to be for Acts chapter 10. Back in Mark chapter 16, verse 15, it says, Jesus told his apostles, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So the book of Acts shows the apostles fulfilling this divine assignment. In our day, it is difficult to think that we wouldn't preach the gospel to everyone, Joseph Smith said that our missionaries are going forth to different nations, and in Germany, Palestine, New Holland, Australia, the East Indies, and other places, and then the standard of truth is, has been erected. No unhallowed hand can stop the work from progressing. Of course, we've all heard that before. In the days of the early Christian church, their mindset was such as to not fully understand that the message was to go to the entire world, including non-Jews. In Third Nephi, it says, For they understood not that the Gentiles should, should be converted through their preaching. G- Jewish identity had been established through the centuries in three areas, genealogy, belief and ritual, and circumcision. When the Greek armies conquered the Mediterranean and Mesopotamian world around 320 B.C., Greek culture soon became a dominant, if not highly appealing, way to live life. Some Jews who did not care for the intrusions of foreign Greek culture strongly believed that rejecting circumcision was a total betrayal of the covenants God made to the Jews, covenants which had been signed in the flesh since the days of Abraham. Eventually, this debate solidified the idea among many Jews that only those who had been marked in the flesh— through circumcision, were the true inheritors of the of the blessings and promises of God. With this in mind, we can now begin to understand why some of the Jewish Christians were so upset at the thought of including Gentiles into the covenants and promises of the Lord without also requiring that these Gentiles wear the sign of the covenant, circumcision. That was by Taylor Halverson. Consider as an example what happened on the, on the 8th of June, 1978. It was on that day that the blessings of the priesthood were extended to all worthy males. The record of this wonderful event is found in Official Declaration 2 in the Doctrine and Covenants. Can you see the parallels between these events and the landmark experience of June 1978? Note the following from President Kimball speaking to saints in South Africa. As you know, on the 9th of June, a policy was changed that affects great numbers of people throughout the world. Millions and millions of people will be affected by the revelation which came. Remember very vivid, I remember very viv- vividly that day after day I walked to the temple and ascended to the, to the fourth floor where we have our solemn assemblies and where we have our meetings of the Twelve and the First Presidency. After everybody had gone out of the temple, I knelt and prayed. I prayed with much fervency. I knew that something was before us that was extremely important to many of the children of God. I knew that we could receive the revelations of the Lord only by being worthy and ready for them and ready to accept them and put them into place. Day after day, I went alone and with great solemnity and seriousness in the upper rooms of the temple. And there I offered my soul and offered my efforts to go, bef- to go forward with the program. I wanted to do what he wanted. I talked about it to him and said, Lord, I want only what is right. We are not making any plans to be spectacularly moving. We want only the thing that thou dost want, and we want it when you want it and not until. 
We met with the council of the twelve apostles time after time in the holy room, where there is a picture of a savior of the Savior in many different moods, and also pictures of all the presidents of the church. Finally, we had the feeling and the impression from the Lord, who made it very clear to us that this was the thing to do to make the gospel universal to all worthy people. You will meet this situation undoubtedly as you bring the gospel to them on conditions that their lives can be changed. I anticipate the day that when the gospel that has come to you and your families and was transformed your lives will begin to transform their lives and make new people out of them. They become people who will love the Lord and who will make the same sacrifices that you make. Alrighty, verse 1. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian Band, a Roman legionary officer commanding a century from 50 to 100 men and occupying the social position of a modern sergeant or non-commissioned officer. That was by Bruce R. McConkie. Verse 2. A devout man and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision, evidently, or distinctly about the ninth hour, three in the afternoon, of the day an angel of, of God coming into him and saying unto him, Cornelius. And when he looked on him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? And he said unto him, Thy prayers and thine alms are come up for a memorial before God. What made Cornelius and his household unique is that the earlier Gentiles were all proselytes to Judaism. Cornelius and his group were apparently the first non-proselytes and uncircumcised Gentiles to be baptized into the church without being converted as Jews first. That was by Robert Matthews. Previous to Cornelius, Gentiles were first converted to be Jews, then Christians. And so that involved that they would be, if they were converted to become Jews, then they would be circumcised and then become Christians. Verse 5, And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose name is Peter. He lodgeth with one Simon a tanner, whose house is by the seaside. He shall tell thee what thou oughtest to do. No wonder the angel told good old, good old Cornelius that he must send for Peter to learn how to be saved. Peter could baptize and angels could not, so long as there were legal officers in the flesh holding the keys of the kingdom or the authority of the priesthood. That was by Joseph Smith. It is not the order of the priesthood for a heavenly being to preach to mortals when there is a qualified mortal with a priesthood commission able to do it. Verse 7, And when the angel which, is, which spake unto Cornelius was departed, he called two of his household servants and a devout soldier of them that waited on him continually. And when he had declared all these things unto them, he sent them to Joppa. It's about 34 miles from Caesarea to Joppa. It would have taken about 11 hours to walk the distance or so. On the morrow, as they went on their journey and drew nigh unto the city, Peter went up upon the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. This is at noon. This revelation, which pertains to the entire church, comes to Peter because he is the president of the church. That's how revelation is received from the top down. Verse 10, And he became very hungry and would have eaten, but while they made ready, he fell into a trance. Sometimes prophets go into trances in connection with the receipt of visions. That is, they are so completely overshadowed by the Spirit that to all outward appearances, normal bodily functions are suspended. A similar experience happened to the prophet Joseph Smith in connection with the first vision. He was not in control of all his bodily powers when the Father and the Son appeared to him. Remember that when Joseph uh, returned, regains consciousness, he said that he came to himself and that he was so weak that he couldn't even move hardly for a little while. Verse 11, And saw heaven opened, and a certain vessel descending unto him, as it had been a great sheet, knit, bound at the four corners. Uh, I want you to notice something about the four corners of, the, of, this, uh, of this piece of cloth that's coming down. 
also it's symbolic of the four corners of the earth and let down to the earth. The great sheet knit at the four corners probably resembled a large prayer shawl of the kind worn by Jewish men during their religious devotions. Non-kosher animals wrapped in a holy prayer shawl would have been a doubly significant impression on Peter, and that's in verse by verse. Peter is having this dream because he's the president of the church and a major change in church policy is about to happen. Just as the time when President Kimball received the revelation that all worthy men could now hold the priesthood, the procedure was to take this matter to the rest of the apostles and receive their sustaining vote. Verse 12, wherein were all manner of four-footed beasts of the earth and wild beasts and creeping things and fowls of the air. The animals represent every nation, kindred, tongue, and people. Before Jesus ascended, he commanded them to preach to every creature. And there came a voice to him, rise, Peter, and kill and eat. But Peter said, not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything that is common or unclean. As a Jew of his time, he was raised to believe that ritual purity was of great importance, so eating ritually unclean animals was unacceptable. 15. And the voice spake unto him again the second time, What God hath cleansed, that call not thou common. Realizing that the animals of his vision were symbols of the Gentiles, pronounced clean by God, Peter heartily agreed to visit Cornelius. This was done thrice, and the vessel was received up again into heaven. Now while Peter doubted in himself what this vision which he had seen should mean, behold, the men which were sent from Cornelius had made inquiry for Simon's house and stood before the gate and called and asked whether Simon, which was surnamed Peter, were lodged there. While Peter thought on the vision, the Spirit said unto him, Behold, three men seek thee. Arise, therefore, and go thee, get thee down, and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. Then Peter went down to the men which were sent unto him from Cornelius, and said, Behold, I am he whom ye seek. What is the cause there, wherefore ye, ye are come? And they said, Cornelius, the centurion, a just man, and one that feared God and of good report, among all the of all the nation of the Jews, was warned from God by an holy angel to send for thee into his house and to hear words of thee. Then called he them in and lodged them. And on the morrow Peter went away with them, and certain brethren from Joppa accompanied him. And the morrow, after they entered into Caesarea, and Cornelius waited for them, and had called together his kinsmen and near friends. And as Peter was coming in, Cornelius met him, and fell down at his feet, and worshipped him. But Peter took him up, and saying, Stand up, I myself am also a man. And as he talked with him, he went in, and found many that were come together. And he said unto them, Ye know how that it is an unlawful thing for a man that is a Jew to keep company, or come unto one of another nation. But God hath showed me that I should not call any man common or unclean. Therefore came I unto you without gainsaying, as soon as I was sent for, I asked therefore that for that for what intent ye have sent for me. And Cornelius said, Four days ago I was fasting until this hour, and at the ninth hour I prayed in my house, and behold a man stood before me in bright clothing, and said, Cornelius, thy prayer is heard, and thine alms are ha are had in remembrance in the sight of God. Send therefore to Joppa, and call hither Simon, whose surname is Peter. He is lodged in the house of one Simon a tanner by the seaside, who when he cometh shall speak unto thee. Immediately, therefore, I sent to thee, and thou hast well done that thou art come. Now, therefore, are we all present here before God to hear all things that are commanded thee of God. Then Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. 
the word which God sent unto the children of Israel, preaching peace by Jesus Christ, he is Lord of all. That word I say, ye know, which was published throughout all Judea, and began from Galilee, after the baptism which John preached, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. And we are witnesses of all things which he did both in the land of the Jews and in Jerusalem, whom they slew and hanged on a tree." God him, him, him God raised up the third day and showed him openly, not to all the people, but unto witnesses chosen before of God, even to us, who did eat in with him after he rose from the dead. And he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that he, it is he which was ordained of God to be the judge of quick and dead. To him give all the, all the prophets witness that through his name whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. While Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard with, that heard the word, and they of the circumcision were believed, which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Joseph Smith explained, Cornelius received the Holy Ghost before he was baptized, which was the convincing power of God unto him of the truth of the gospel. But he could not receive the gift of the Holy Ghost until after he was baptized. Had he not taken this sign or ordinance upon him, the Holy Ghost, which convinced him of the truth of God, would, would have left him. Until he obeyed these ordinances and received the gift of the Holy Ghost by the laying on of hands, according to the order of God, he could not have healed the sick or commanded an evil spirit to come out of a man and it obey him. Verse 46, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Men are commanded to be baptized, and those who remain unbaptized are breaking the commandment and are in rebellion against God. That's by Bruce R. McConkie. So we see here Cornelius is the first Gentile um, that uh, is baptized and becomes a member of the church, and that he's not first uh, proselyted to Judaism, but that uh, he's, uh, he's baptized directly from being a Greek and now to being a member of the church. So he doesn't have to go through the circumcision process. Anyway, that's the end of the chapter, and we'll see you next time. Bye.